Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Uh, going through just another golf tournament this week. We've got a major once again. Seems like they come every month. Uh, that's kind of the purpose of how the schedule was set up after the changes a couple years ago. So we've got the Open Championship this week at its usual spot in mid-July on the calendar. We've still got drama between the PGA Tour and the Live Tour, but uh, this might be one of the last chances that we get to kind of get all the big names back together under one golfing umbrella. So uh, while the uh, Live Tour, I'm sure, I'm sure will continue to dominate headlines, Hopefully we can enjoy some golf this week as well. Speaking of which, I am Justin Van Zuden. I will be hosting the show, a.k.a. STL Cardinals 84. I've got my usual co-host, Derek Farnsworth, notorious alongside me. We're back after uh, both of us had a little travel over the 4th of July and a week to uh, get recharged and, uh, and ready to go. So, uh, Noto, how was, your, uh, how was your holiday week? Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, we didn't get to recap the John Deere. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, had posting, so that was pretty good. Um, and then last week was fun, too. You know, get the, the Scottish Open, the first time they had the, the co-sanctioned event between the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. And uh, that was a good one. Uh, kind of came down to the wire there. And Xander goes back to back to back, if you count the J.P. McManus uh, Pro-Am there. So uh, he's, uh, he's on fire right now after we were all saying he can't can't win he goes out and gets the job done you know two tournaments in a row and uh yeah he kind of uh struggled there at the beginning and uh closed the door there at the end so a um, couple good events and obviously we're uh, gearing up for this week it's the last major so uh, i'm ready you're excited i'm sure uh, everyone's pumped for it 
Yeah, nice call with Post in there a couple weeks ago, a wire-to-wire win for him, and then a little bit of a strange tournament last week, uh, particularly the leaderboard after the first couple days looked a little odd, but he ended up getting some of the big names up there by the end of the week. Shawfully, as you mentioned, another win. Patrick Cantlay, a top five. Tommy Fleetwood, a top five. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, a top 10, which was impressive because he ended up on the wrong side of the weather draw. One of the few guys from the wrong side of the draw that ended up uh, finishing near the top. So another uh, top 10 finish for him. Cam Smith tied for 10th as well. Uh, so what looked like, and Spieth too. So uh, what looked like a, a kind of a strange leaderboard after Friday, you still ended up seeing the cream rise to the top. Uh, Ju Young Kim and, and Kitty Yama, a couple of uh, impressive finishes from guys further down uh, the uh, the DFS and betting salary scales. Uh, Brandon Wu was in a tie for six. So it was a really nice, uh, interesting mix of big names and then uh, long shots there in the top 10 last week. So what did you make of the rest of that leaderboard outside of Xander? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm a little bummed that I didn't play more Xander. Uh, he was the obvious play, and uh, for the second tournament in a row, I uh, didn't play a bunch of him, and you know, he came out and won. Uh, I played more, I played more Xander than anyone over the last couple of years, so a little frustrated about that. But um, I mean, yeah, a lot of uh, you know European Tour regulars up there, Dietrich was up there as well. Um, so I think uh, we're kind of going to see some of that this week too. Um, you're going to see some Americans up there, but you're going to see a lot of uh, kind of newer names if you aren't you know into. DFS golf as uh, as much as some of us, so uh, I think it's just a good week to, yeah, play some of those guys that um, a little under the radar. Yeah, uh, this is going to be another interesting week with a possibly a similar type of leaderboard. Um, the other thing from last week is that you know we were expecting a small difference in the wind, kind of both days with the the PM playing a little harder. And then the first day ended up being like a three and a half stroke difference, which kind of came out of nowhere. And, you know, that's important with this week on the horizon as well, because the major defense for these links courses is wind. And outside of that, I mean, bunkers, yeah, the, the bunkers are, are real hazards, but uh, it's not like you're, you're, you're going to see tree line fairways and things like that. you got really wide fairways on these links courses, and the courses are really susceptible to small changes in wind, both speed and direction. So uh, we ended up seeing kind of a three and a half shot edge in that first round. And it ended up, you know, being a, maybe a shot the other way in the second round, but still a pretty distinct wave advantage there that kind of came out of nowhere. So uh, another, you know, maybe factor that we need to keep in mind for this week too. Yeah, for sure. Um, it seems like this time of year, uh, this tournament in particular is where we talk about weather the most and, even if the forecast calls for, you know, an edge one way or the other, I think it makes sense to build some stacks both ways. Um, weather can change on a dime. It was looking like there wasn't going to be hardly any wind on Thursday and Friday last week. And all of a sudden it was a uh, 25 mile per hour, the entire tournament. So uh, I do think uh, wave stacks are going to be important this week and everyone's going to be teeing off on hole number one. So there's going to be an even wider, um, you know, gap between tee times uh, for everybody because they're not going to be using the split tees. So uh, you're going to see some uh, definitely some uh, major time differences. And so maybe even some mini stacks um, in like a couple hour period between tee times. Yeah, definitely good advice there and crazy that they can get through 156 golfers only utilizing one set of tees, but plenty of daylight hours uh, over in Europe this time of year. So uh, they're usually able to uh, to squeak that through and, and make that cut on Friday evening. 
uh, presuming that the uh, the weather holds up. So, of course, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, we'll get a forecast from Kevin Roth at some point, uh, but still too early to tell uh, in terms of you know wind advantages or anything like that. Um, we aren't really expecting any rain at this point, so uh, and they'll play in the rain as long as it's not thunderstorms. And we'll, we've seen weather conditions wreak havoc on this event, not just wind, but rain as well. Uh, but as of now, they're not really calling for too much and uh, pretty calm by uh, Scotland standards at this time of year. So anything else from last week that uh, you want to note or take away or things that we might, you know, use to our advantage this week? Like there was a lot of guys who got stuck on the wrong end of the weather draw. Hovlin, Scheffler, um, Matsuyama, Justin Thomas, Mito Pereira went 66 81. Uh, to miss the cut, he pulled a Keegan. Um, you know, maybe some of those guys go lower on this week. Uh, I mean, we can't really hold the missed cut against them for the guys that were on the wrong side of that, uh, you know, three-stroke disadvantage there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, missed cut last week's not going to change my opinion on a guy this week. If they played well last week, you know, it uh, helps a little bit, but not much. They were saying it wasn't a true links style course. Uh, it was kind of a Parkland links, uh, links style, they say. So, uh, I don't know, a lot of the big names ended up not playing last week just to play more in Ireland. But um, the other thing I wanted to mention, for whatever reason, the chalk just uh, centered around Victor Perez and Adrian Moronk last week as kind of the, the European tour regulars that everyone gravitated to for some reason or another. Um, and then they both missed the cut. And then a lot of the other lower-owned DP World Tour guys ended up playing well. So, um, if there are, you know, extreme, extremely chalk values like that again, a good good week to pivot for sure yeah for sure that's good advice and uh you will find a few diamonds in the rough just in general <clears throat> you know the fields would be a little softer and things like the millie maker uh, and people aren't going to know who a lot of these european guys are so uh, you will be able to find some that are a little lower owned uh, it'll be interesting to see which guys kind of pop as the chalk as we get closer to uh to thursday uh, Wednesday night, I guess. Uh, yeah, this will be another one. Uh, be careful with the lock time if you if you are in the states. Um, I believe it's 1 a.m. on the East Coast Thursday morning, which would be 10 p.m. on the West Coast uh, Wednesday night, or maybe you know 1:30 and 10:30, somewhere in that range. Basically, it's going to lock around midnight on Wednesday night. So make sure you get your lineups in. Uh, we will also be doing a uh, Twitter Spaces on Wednesday evening, probably around uh, the you know evening uh, drive time, seven o'clock Eastern, something like that, uh, four o'clock Pacific. That's kind of when we've been doing a lot of them, right after MLB lock. So uh, stay tuned for information on that. We'll do a Twitter Spaces. Those have been received pretty well uh, for the big tournament. So we'll do one of those on Wednesday night, which will only be like five or six hours in advance of uh, roster lock. So. Uh, always interesting with the uh, the unique lock time over in these uh, open championships. So, yeah, and good reminder to me to send out the invites to everyone for the spaces. So, yeah, I'll do that. There right you now. go. Get on it. Um, all right. Well, we are ready to uh, pivot over to this week. We've got uh, tried and true course that's uh, been used in the open rotation, old course at St. Andrews. Uh, we'll be hosting the 150th edition of the Open, and it's the 30th time that this course has hosted the event. So plenty of history here. 
Um, top 70 and ties will be the cut line. And uh, we've got uh, a par 72, but a course that has just two par threes and two par fives. So lots of par fours on this course. And what do the people need to know about it? Yeah, the par fours is probably the most interesting uh, part of it. 14 of them, like you mentioned, and nine of them are less than 420 yards. So you're going to get a lot of short par fours. And this is uh, one of the easier, you know, major venues that we're going to see over the years. Uh, the last four winners have been at least 14 under par. So uh, with the wind not looking too crazy, I do think we're going to see some low scores. Um, a couple of the golfers have said, you know, without wind, this place, they can take it apart. So that'll be interesting to watch. But still, um, only two par five, so not a lot of scoring on those holes. One of them's well over 600 yards. And uh, like we talked about, the weather's going to be important. So just make sure to keep an eye on that. Um, the Roth uh, weather report is going to be big. And then uh, I got the wind finder. Uh, link up in the first look and uh, a couple other articles as well. Um, and then you mentioned, you know, we've seen the Open Championship played here a bunch. We've also seen the Alfred Dunhill Links Championship uh, gets played here every year. Two of the four rounds uh, gets played at the old course. So if you want to look at that, I certainly don't mind it. Uh, I don't mind factoring in some Open Championship history as well, even though, you know, it hasn't been played here since 2015. Uh, the last three winners here, Tiger, Louie, and Zach Johnson, um, all three of which have played well at the Masters. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of Masters, Augusta National kind of comps. Um, I believe nine of the last ten winners at this course had a top three at the at the Masters prior to winning. So uh, that's kind of interesting stat. Um, the main defense of the course is going to be the bunkers and the large greens. Uh, a lot of you know pop bunkers, similar to any other links course that you're going to look at. Uh, the greens are made of fescue and bent grass. Uh, they have some shared greens, which is kind of cool. Um, Tiger's quote about the course is it's more about placement off the tee and lag putting than anything else. So, yeah, I'm looking for guys with links experience, major experience, good form, all that good stuff. All right. Uh, yeah, it's uh, your traditional links layout. It's going to be firm and fast, wide fairways, big greens. And uh, just going to, you know, come down to avoiding those bunkers and, uh, and you know, hitting good approach shots. And it's not like you're going to be able to stick these greens and spin it back and, you know, do all that stuff we sometimes see in these birdie fests on the PGA Tour. While the course just kind of sets up, like, it, it'll be fairly easy and we will probably see some good scoring here. Um, it's still going to be a course that can punish you if you're in the wrong spots. If you get in those uh, bunkers that are obviously – strategically positioned where they are and uh, and if you you know short side yourself on some of these greens it's going to be tough to make par so uh there will be birdie looks but there will also be trouble lurking if you uh, if you missed your shot so uh, we'll be interesting to see how it plays out and just targeting those all-around strong golfers i think makes sense so uh all right let's go ahead and start uh, digging into the field this week uh we've got again our usual Six-ish golfers above 10K on DraftKings. Uh, we've got Rory with seven straight top 20s. We've got Scheffler, who won everything like in the uh, late winter, early spring season. Um, and Xanders, who's winning everything now, isn't even part of the golfers above 10K. But you've got Rom, Thomas, Morikawa, Spieth. And let's throw Xander in that mix because, I mean, he grades out in the projections as like the third best overall play uh, in terms of fantasy points. So, Xander to the top. Uh, do you need to prioritize any of those seven golfers? 
I definitely think you're going to need exposure to the range. Uh, a lot of winter equity up there. Um, something like nine of the last 10 winners have been in the top 25 in the official world golf rankings. Um, maybe it was seven of the last 10, but uh, we, we expect a, a good golfer to win this week. So uh, I do like a lot of the guys up here. You mentioned Xander. Um, he's second in my model. He's third in the betting favorites now. So uh, at 9,900, it's hard to get away from him. Uh, he's obviously playing great. Uh, he had no hangover from the win at the Travelers, just came out, played well at the Pro-Am, and then uh, obviously won last week as well. So uh, he's playing great. Uh, he's got a good experience in the majors, good uh, good experience on links as well. Uh, so, yeah, I like Xander at 99. Um, if you are starting with him, you're probably going to have to get different elsewhere because he is going to be popular. Um, and then Rory's going to be popular too. It's hard not to like him. He kind of checks all the boxes. Uh, he's been playing great, uh, rarely finishes outside the top 20, good uh, open track record as well. So those two would be my favorites. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about Scheffler. You know, played pretty bad last week. I think he was on the right side of the of the wind draw too. Uh, Rom just doesn't seem to have it right now. Uh, JT, pretty bad on links in his, uh, you know, in his career. He was pretty bad last week too. I don't trust Morikawa in the wind. It seems like anytime it gets really windy, he's been struggling. Uh, he did win the Open last year for sure, but um, the conditions were a lot better than we'd seen at any uh, Open prior to that. So I got a lot of question marks up here. I like Spieth, uh, but for me, it's Xander, Rory, and then a pretty big gap to everyone else. Yeah, I believe I mentioned earlier that Scheffler was one of those guys on the wrong side of the weather draw. That was inaccurate. Uh, he was on the right side of the draw and just uh, did not play well. So I uh, scratched my comment there earlier. That was just me seeing that Scheffler missing the cut and presuming that uh, he was on the wrong side of the draw. But you're correct. He was uh, he was on the good draw. So uh, I don't really disagree with a whole lot here. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to go away from Xander, but game theory is always a thing and uh it, I'll, I'll wait and see what the projected ownership says like if he gets up into the 30s it's going to be tough for me to stomach being overweight on that in gpps but uh certainly hard to argue with the logic the way he's playing right now uh, i think rory and and rom uh are two of my favorites uh, rom didn't play super well last week but always a, a decent links player the course sets up well for him and Rory, seven straight top 20s, three top 10s in the three majors this year. Uh, and then, you know, Spieth, uh, a wizard on these types of courses as well, sets up nicely for him. So we're pretty much in agreement. Um, I'm a little higher on on Thomas, I guess, but uh, otherwise, you know, no real qualms there. Tough to back Morikawa at that salary, probably out on Scheffler with him struggling right now too. So uh, mostly yeah. in alignment there. Anything I, uh, else you want to mention on those yeah. guys? I'm struggling with JT because he's like one known for, you know, flighting the ball down, playing well in the wind. Uh, he's been on the wrong end of a lot of the draws this year, and he's played great through them. And for whatever reason, just hasn't been great uh, at the open or on other links tracks. So I might have to play some JT. Um, yeah, even though he was pretty bad last week. Yeah, I'll put I'll definitely play some of him in, in GPPs for sure. So, all right, let's head into the 9K range. Um, starts out with Fitzpatrick, who's obviously been playing great golf. Zalatoris, you know, we know he tends to rise to the occasion in major championships, but if this is an easier course, maybe it's not quite as good of a fit for him. Um, but again, I'm on a track record of him winning a major this year and he keeps getting close. Uh, but if he's going to do it, he's got to do it here. So I've got to stick to the Zalatoris train, but Cam Smith can't lay, uh, both played well last week. 
Shane Lowry, obviously, on links. You got DJ Masiyama Hovland rounding out the 9K range. So your thoughts on some of those guys? I mean, yeah, Zalator's at the majors seems to just be a, a simple flow chart there. Um, but you mentioned the easier course. He's kind of expensive. I think I'm going to bet him and then not play a bunch in DFS, which would really backfire if he comes second uh, for the third straight major. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I like Cam Smith. He's my favorite guy up here. Uh, he's just been playing uh, some good golf. It's been the uh, putter that's been letting him down. And, uh, you know, he came alive with the plastic last week, finished T10. He's a guy that a uh, magical short game. You're going to see a lot of shots like 50 yards and in, especially scrambling for par in the wind. So, I like those guys that can get it done with the short game, and Smith is one of them. Uh, Fitzpatrick, same mold. Uh, he's a little bit longer than, than Cam off the tee, a little bit more consistent. So I'll play some Fitz as well. Uh, he had no hangover after winning uh, the U.S. Open, bounced back with the top 10, like you mentioned earlier, at the Scottish Open. Uh, I like Shane Lowry just because he continues to play well every week. And then, yeah, the guys that I don't know what to do with, Hideki, you know, all the live rumors going around right now, didn't play great last week. And then you have Cantlay, who just backdoored another good finish last week, but he's just been, uh, you know, so hit or miss this season, and people just seem over him. So if he's going to be low-owned, I think he could be interesting. Yeah, Cam Smith is the guy I always end up not playing and then regretting it, so I'll look forward to that again <laughs> uh, while you bask in the glory of Cam Smith week. Um, I like Zalatoris. You know, it'll be interesting to see what people do with Fitzpatrick too. Like, surely you can't win another major, right? <clears throat> but uh, the added distance, I mean, certainly helps. And you're going to see a lot of roll off the drives on these fairways. So I uh, like all these guys kind of in the higher part of the range and can't lay too. But, uh, you know, you get down to DJ Matsuyama, who's been struggling a little bit, Hovland struggling a little bit too. Um, I, I don't really like much at the bottom end of this range. Man, Hovland's interesting just because look at his numbers from last week. I think he gained four strokes ball striking. It was just all a short game, which uh, you know, obviously is a big concern on on difficult courses. But if I mean, if these greens are easy to hit. I mean, his putter has been a lot better this year. Uh, the ball striking looked good last week, so I might have some Hovland this week. You didn't sound very convinced, though. It's You sounded like you were trying to convince yourself. That's kind of the thing is I, I think everyone's just kind of over it. Similar to Cantlay. So if they're going to be low, and we don't have ownership yet, so I, they are going to be you know, hinge, hinging on how owned they are. But uh, I do think two guys that I don't mind being overweight on. I'm in on Cantlay. Uh, still jury out on Hovland for me. All right. Uh, I think the 8K range is really interesting this week. And, um, you know, we can talk about some of these guys, I guess, just individually. Um, and Burns is the first guy in the 8K range uh, who is a you know a guy who has played better on links, and then he became really popular last week, had a really good first round, and then tanked after that, ended up finishing T66. Um, but still, I mean, this is a guy who's shown extreme upside. Uh, we've seen him win, you know, out of nowhere. And really the, the issue for him last week was the driver, he only hit 35% of fairways off the tee. Uh, and these fairways are so wide. I mean, surely he's going to correct some of that. So I'm not concerned about Burns after last week. It's one of those cases where I hope it lowers his ownership. Um, and he's 8,900, and there's lots of other good plays in this range. So Burns is my guy. I'm going back to that well in GPPs. And uh, I will uh, 
I'll let you talk. I know you like some of the next guys there with Ustazen uh, up next. So your thoughts on uh, Burns and Louie there? Yeah, I can, I can get behind Burns for sure. Uh, he's just one of those guys that does everything well, and I kind of like that anytime you get in a major. Uh, yeah, he was on my best lineup last week, so that kind of hurt watching him fall down the leaderboard every day. But, uh, yeah, I can go back there. But, yeah, you mentioned Louie. As long as he's not popular, I can't imagine 8,800. I mean, he's a guy that just went to live. He's been bad in the majors this year. Hasn't really had a very good year at all. He's always a WD risk. So I'm hoping he's going to be low owned. But uh, he's coming off a of back-to-back top 10s, one of the BMW International Open, uh, one in the live Portland event, which I don't put a ton of stock into. But still back-to-back top 10s for Louie. He's won here before. He plays the Alfred Dunhill Links here pretty much every year. So, yeah, give me some Louie at 8,800. Um, Fleetwood seems like one of the safer options. I think he's second or third in this field in strokes game per round on Lynx courses. Coming into great form after the top five last week. And then Finau, for whatever reason, just loves coming over here and playing some Lynx golf. Uh, five for five at the Open. No finish worse than T27. Uh, he did miss the cut at the U.S. Open, but surrounding that, he had two top fives and a, and a top 13. So I like Finau quite a bit, too. Yeah, Fleetwood, another guy in here that uh, that I like. We know his history on European courses and that T4 finish last week. Uh, really strong weekend rounds. If not for the first round where he struggled, uh, he would have been right in that mix as well. So uh, Burns and Fleetwood are my favorites in here. Louie, um, I don't know. He's just on the list for me. It's just so hard after playing him i finally get up the courage to play him at the masters and then he sets me all the way back to square one it's like (laughs) it's like failing on the last step of rehab and then it's just so hard the uh the next time through so um i don't know i still louie and i we still need to work some things out but um like that call on finau now this might be the galaxy brain play of all time but I don't think Bryson is a crazy play this week. And I know he's not going to grade out well. He's not been healthy. You know, the projection numbers, you kind of got to throw aside a little bit because he just hasn't played a lot of golf. Um, but, I mean, you're going to see a ton of run out on these fairways. And if you got a bunch of par fours that are like 400 yards, you know, even if he's in some of those hazardous bunkers, heck, he could be in the greenside bunkers off the tee on some of those and you know that then you can still even if you it's a stroke you know penalty or you can't get close out of the bunker you're still you know okay to make par he finished 10th in his first live event he did make the cut at the u.s open though he ended up shooting plus 13 um i don't know i i i haven't played bryson in a long long time but I don't think it's crazy this week in like a Millie Maker GPP. So there you go. Am I crazy? Uh, I only have room for one live guy in this range, and uh, I'm going to play Louie. So we'll have a Louie versus uh, Bryson. <laughs> Louie and, versus uh, Bryson. All right. I probably need uh, Louie to withdraw in order to win that one. They're both WD. Uh, but that's uh, it's on the table. So um, I, I won't go – don't go nuts with that and certainly don't play him in any sort of small field. But uh, Bryson – you just don't know. You, you never know with him. If you want to, to light one millimaker entry on fire or something, um, it, it's it, there's some merit there if he can, if he's healthy. So, do you know who's won at this course two times in this price range? Um, hmm. Brooks. 
Pharrell Hatton. Oh, Both of them, okay. Alfred Dunhill played pretty well last week. He's been pretty bad outside of that, but uh, this is his best major by far. He's got two top sixes at the Open, so I'm gonna have some Hatton as well. Well, at least we know he won't get mad at the course, uh, <laughs> or shouldn't get mad at the course. Anything else above 8K for you? I mean, Sungjae, back-to-back miscuts, popular both times. I like the course fit. Connor's good ball striker, um, a guy that short game's a question mark, but short game in, on Lynx course is always a little bit different than, you know, your standard Parklands course uh, in America, so I don't mind going there. Uh, any thoughts on those two? Yeah, I don't mind it. Um, I, I think, again, ownership dependent, it, but if you get – if one of those guys ends up in the, you know – seven eight percent range i think they're really strong tournament plays lost might get lost in that shuffle of several options in the higher part of ak range as well yeah i think i'm done with neiman i don't know he seems cheap. I mean, yeah i mean homa at 7900 is the guy everyone's going to gravitate to there right he feels like he's getting more comfortable on links he just keeps playing solid golf 16th place last week uh, on Twitter, or Instagram, or one of those social media, he, he posted going to another course and playing 18 after his, you know, after making the cut on Friday. So, I mean, it's clear he's serious about his game. He's been playing really well. And, you know, 7,900 for him, the way he's been owned and the way he's been playing, it feels like he's going to be the chalk of the, you know, kind of low 8K, high 7K range. Yeah, especially since there's nobody else. In between 75 and 8, that really looks that good um, on paper. So, yeah, it's hard to get away from him. But uh, don't pair him up with Xander if you're doing large field tournaments. Yeah, or else you got to really get different somewhere else in your lineup. So uh, go ahead and go through some of your other favorites in that kind of uh, 7.5 to 7.9K range. Yeah, so I was interested to see how Cam Young played on a league's course. Uh, wasn't great. He was Got nearly, your dead answer. Last. <laughs> nearly dead last last week. So um, I haven't been playing much of him this year, and it's cost me a bunch. But uh, last week felt pretty good, so uh, I'll fade him again. I like Adam Scott a little bit just because, you know, he's played this course a bunch of times. He's consistent. He did gain five strokes on approach at the U.S. Open. So maybe he's turning the corner a little bit. Everyone else, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Bobby Mack kind of let everyone down last week. But uh, if Paul Casey suits up, I might have to play some Paul Casey. Boy, you're just you're, – you're going after all the dangerous names here. <laughs> He's the same price as Tiger. I mean, so if I uh, if I just run my model without any adjustments to it, he's, he's 12th in the field, so – I got to play some. I might, maybe I'll just he bet him. Played like, in four months, though. Maybe, yeah, that, I bumped him down a bunch, but um, maybe I'll just bet him top twenty, top forty. That way, it's just an arb- or a binary. He does it or he doesn't. You know. Yeah. And if he WDs before, before he tees off, I'll just get my money back. Uh, that's probably the way to do it. Um, just too long of a layoff for me. I, I know the numbers are gonna look good for that salary, but. Uh, until we see him get through a full event, I think I'm comfortable just saying no thanks. I, and in this range, it's tough because this range is not great. Um, I mean, outside of Homa, there's really nobody that I'm looking at and saying, oh, I got to play that guy. Even if you go down, you know, to the lower part of the range, like what's Mito going to do after shooting 66, 81? Um, 
You know, does Rose have any upside left? Uh, does Answer have any upside? Uh, I, I don't know. It's a, it's really tough. I, I think you're going to see a lot of low ownership on this range, and you're going to see people maybe gravitate towards players closer to 7K because I don't know, there's just not a lot here. And Homa, that's Are about it. About Tiger? I will let you do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm hearing rumors that maybe he's just, uh, you know, playing this week and then he's going to walk off into the sunset, have this be uh, his last tournament ever. I've heard rumors that he played great today in the practice round. Um, he really struggled at the JP McManus Pro Am. He shot 77, 74, something like that. Uh, but he's won here twice, obviously. Um, and he, he said today that. His whole season was just geared around this event. This is the one event he wanted to play, get ready for. He obviously withdrew from the, the U.S. Open so that he could get ready for this. So I'm probably just going to run my Tiger Woods make the cut uh, bet back. It's paid off at the, at the Masters in the U.S. Open. So um, that's probably my, what I'm going to do. But um, do you have any interest in, in the go? No, I don't think so. Um, have you looked at the odds on him making the cut yet? Only one side has made cut odds, and it was minus 125. So I'm hoping hoping we get a little bit better as um, the other sides offer their made cut stuff. Something close to even odds, maybe. Um, if you want to learn more and get some more sports betting picks, you can check us out at scoresandodds.com. You get premium access over there. Always throwing our favorite golf bets out as premium picks on scoresandodds.com. Uh, you can also check out our Roto Grinders premium content if you are playing DFS. Uh, Noto and I have gotten an early start on that. We've already got our uh, consensus value rankings up. I'll be working on my article probably first thing tomorrow and get that posted. So uh, we'll get our corporate Noto's core plays and my uh, GPP plays. We'll get those posted for you well in advance of lock. And uh, so we got you covered. Roto Grinders and then scoresandodds.com for the sports betting content. Uh, so I don't mind that if you get close to even money on Tiger making the cut. Uh, I think that's a that's a reasonable enough bet. So we go lower into the 7Ks. Uh, Bazudenhout is probably going to pop as the cut maker in here. Uh, Taylor Gooch does seem pretty cheap, though everybody hates him now because of his comments after the Lib event, and it just doesn't seem like he's very bright. Uh, at least that's what everyone thinks after, you know, one quote there. <laughs> on the side of the 18th green after the live event. Um, Jordan L. Smith made a hole-in-one last week. Pretty good links player. One of those Euro guys that's probably going to go under-owned. Ryan Fox, significantly cheaper than he was last week. See, these are the guys that, I mean, these guys feel like just as strong a plays as the guys that are four or $500 more. So your thoughts on the lower end of this range? Yeah, you pretty much uh, said all the guys I have tagged down here. So uh start with Jordan Smith. You mentioned the hole-in-one. He was 500 par on that hole for the week. He birdied it the other three rounds. Um, pretty good week. Pretty good week, and it was like a 200-yard par three. So, yeah, you mentioned him. Uh, he's number one on the DP World Tour off the tee uh, and in ball striking this year. So I'll go to him. He's got six straight top 25s. Um, I like Ryan Fox. You mentioned it. A little disappointing last week, but prior to that, he had eight straight top eights in Europe. He uh, has also played the Open Championship four straight years. Uh, he's made three straight cuts, so I like him. Uh, I don't mind Gooch. <laughs> His quotes are something for sure. Uh, he's and not just those. He's had some other ones that have uh, you know been head scratchers, but he does seem like a really good course fit here. Um, you know, Mike Campbell in the chat saying he thinks it's Sergio time. I'll take Gooch over Sergio. 
Uh, I'll probably take Rose over both of them. Rose is one of those guys that just pops randomly. And he's been a little bit better lately, at least uh, if you look at the numbers. And Keegan Bradley, I don't know what to do with him. He always pops in my model. Good tee to green. He's been pretty bad at the open, but they've all been miscuts by one. So I think I'll go back to Keegan as well. If you're not familiar with Gooch's quote, uh, they were talking about the atmosphere and the team event at the the Live uh, tournament last week or two weeks ago. And he said, I haven't played a Ryder Cup or President's Cup, but I can't imagine there's a lot of difference. Uh, and that even got Dustin Johnson to laugh. And, you know, Dustin Johnson's not exactly the king of interviews either. So, um yeah, Gooch, I don't know if it's an awareness thing or what, or if it's just a shtick. I heard they were um, paying, like, attractive people to go to that event. Are you serious? Yeah. Just to try to fill out the stands. Well, the... Uh... <laughs> so, yeah, similar to Ryder Cup. Type the, <laughs> the, he- the headlines uh, go on. But, uh, anyway, I, I don't mind him either. I mean, he's having a pretty good year from a golf perspective, but... Um, just out of curiosity, how are, uh, and it's probably, I mean, it's not going to matter a lot in the not, you know, in the non-majors, but, uh, have you formulated how you're going to work like the live results into your model data? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no, I, I've just put them in just like the raw, the raw result in there, but there's no field strength, uh, way to calculate that easily. Um, cause official world golf ranking are going to be off cause they're not getting points for their events. And we also don't have any shot lane data for their events. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to – I'm going to have that as like a separate thing that I kind of – Yeah. Well, um, again, on just the regular PGA Tour events, it's not going to matter. It's only these uh, few times a year that we're going to have everybody together uh, like we do this week. So, uh, let's see. Other guys above 7K, Victor Perez was the chalk last week and busted. So, maybe nobody goes back there this week. Uh, Gary Woodland had a pretty decent week, uh, faded a little bit on the weekend, finished T30 um, in the, the Scottish Open last week. Cameron Tringali uh, looked like he was going to run away with it there for a while before coming back down to earth. But anybody else above 7K that you would be mildly interested in? Hey, you mentioned Perez. If you liked him last week, you should like him this week. Same for Moronk. Um, I'll take both of them over Woodland because um, they'll probably be triple their ownership at least. That's what I would expect after his performance. Uh, I like Thomas Peters. He's a guy that uh, has been playing well um, over in Europe. And, you know, he seems to show up for these majors. Uh, even when, you know, the, the majors in America, he seems to show up for those. So I like Thomas Peters. And that's pretty much it in the 7K range. Tringali pops for me. but I ignored that last week. And I'll probably ignore it this week. <laughs> you can't ignore it. You can't ignore the model. It's winning. Like 10 weeks in a row and he – Nothing better than a T50. And then I didn't play him at the U.S. Open where he crushed. I didn't play him last week. He had like a seven-stroke lead at one point. It was just crazy. It was he, We were wondering if he was playing the same course as uh, as everybody else. But uh, the uh, the course fought back and, and got him. Still obviously a very strong week uh, for him. But you have a six-shot lead, you know, midway through the tournament. Uh, sure felt a little bit disappointing to walk away T6, but that's a nice paycheck. So uh, Lucas Herbert was another guy who was fairly popular last week, and he went double bogey bogey on his last two holes and missed a cut by one. So uh, that was a, uh, a brutal miscut 
for people who rostered him last week. Kitayama had a great week, uh, finished uh, second. So uh, we get into the 6K range here and uh, some some interesting names. You got your boy Brian Harmon down here. Uh, and then you start to get to a list of, you know, maybe a few more European tour players. I uh, don't want to steal your thunder with any of these guys. So your thoughts on the 6K punts? Uh, not much thunder to be stolen down here. Um, I don't feel great about any of them. The model like Sam Horsfield, um, I went through and kind of aggregated the data from both tours and tried to combine them to see who popped the most in, in strike, ball striking and the other strokes gain stuff. And he's number one in this field, strokes gain per round on approach. So Sam Horsfield, I'll have some of him at 6,700. Uh, Chris Kirk, I don't mind. He's a guy that's been very good tee to green this year. Brian Harmon's a guy that I always play. He seems to just play well in the majors. I know he he was two under at one point last week, and then I looked again, and I think he was eleven over. So it was uh, <laughs> it was uh, quite the quite the downfall for for my guy Harmon. But I like him. And then let me see who else pops. Mentioned Kirk. Uh, Keith Mitchell's up there, but he did gain, I think, nine and a half strokes putting last week. So that kind of not sustainable in my eyes, but still 6,900 is a good price point there. And I think that's about it. I mean, I like the 6K range a lot more last week than this week, which is surprising. Yeah. So Harmon was two under through six, and then he shot 15 over on his next 30 holes. <laughs> And there were three birdies in there too, so <laughs> it's a lot of trouble for Harmon. Yeah, I there. thinking, I can't believe I didn't play Harmon, and then that didn't last long. Yeah, uh, went through a stretch: double, bogey, double, bogey, 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 double, par, bogey, par, bogey, par, uh, was how he finished the first round. So uh, not pretty after that two under. Uh, through nine. So I like Horsefield a lot. I mean, you look at his DP World Tour results. It was a win, four straight top 20, top 21 finishes. Um, then he went over, he uh, was one of the bigger European names to join the Live Tour. He's had a couple decent results in the Live events. Uh, didn't do well in the first two majors that he played this year, but this course should be a better fit uh, for his game. So at 6,700, I think he's my favorite kind of value uh, that you can feel pretty good about. Uh, you're basically looking at, you know, risk reward with a lot of other guys in here. So uh, anybody else that uh, you think is worth mentioning that we haven't yet? Yeah, I was going to bring up uh, Fabrizio Zanotti. He has a 90% cut rate since the start of 2021. So that's pretty good. 6,400 there. And then Bill Tomas in the chat wants to know what happened to your boy Gim last week. Yeah, Gim was up there too. He was uh, like in second place. For a while and uh third the third round got him so uh five bogeys and a double in that third round missed a lot of fairways um missed a lot of putts i mean that's gonna happen with him but still t16 uh pretty solid week for gim so you know maybe we gotta edit the narrative you play gim on uh at the players and on links but uh no gim this week mike says <laughs> he realized he was dug in that's what happened <laughs> well, Tringali realized uh, too that he shouldn't be ahead by that that much, but uh, it's golf. I mean, it's it's a fickle sport for sure. 
Well, I think we've pretty much gotten through everything. Again, um, we've got you covered here, Roto Grinders. We got the premium content over there to help you build better lineups in DFS. Scoresandodds.com will have you covered with the sports betting. And we'll be back on Wednesday evening. Time still to be finalized, but probably in that 7, 7.30 Eastern, 4, 4.30 Pacific uh, time frame. And uh, we'll go through, particularly at that point, we'll only be like five or six away, five or six hours away from roster lock. So, uh, we can go through weather angles on that a little bit better. Any updates on injuries or withdrawals, we'll have some guests along. We can talk projected ownership. So uh, make sure you tune into that. Keep an eye out on the Roto Grinders Twitter account. Uh, that's where we will host the Twitter spaces on Wednesday evening. So we hope to see all of you there. Thanks for watching either live here on YouTube or on playback or on the Roto Grinders videos page. Uh, if you are on the YouTube stream, please be sure to leave us a thumbs up and uh, help us beat those YouTube algorithms. And we appreciate that very much. Thanks to our producer, Steve, uh, for working hard behind the scenes and producing this show for us in the middle of a big Max Fried versus Max Scherzer matchup. So his Mets are winning right now. So it's a good night so far for Steve. We'll hope that keeps up. Hope it's a good night for all of you as well. And good luck building your golf lineups. Thanks to Noto for joining me. I'm Justin. And uh, we'll catch you Wednesday night for the uh, Twitter spaces. See you later.